Did you know that it's possible to raise your littles to want to listen to you without the use of consequences, rewards, and bribes? Hi, I'm Kaylee Zeyer, and this is the Chaos to Connected podcast, where we discuss simple yet effective parenting strategies to manage those pesky behaviors we go to bed at night hoping will be gone tomorrow. We're going to stand up to societal norms of disconnection, shaming, and punishments so we can take a deeper look into our child's heart. It's there you'll find connection, and there where you'll find more peace, obedience, respect, and joy. So what are you waiting for? We know those behaviors aren't going to go away on their own. Let's dive in. Hey there, and welcome to the Chaos to Connected podcast. Today, I am going to be sharing with you what to do when a child is having an outburst. That was the most voted on episode choice on my Instagram page. So if you ever want a say in what I share, please either go send me a message on Instagram, send me an email. I would love to know what it is that you need help with because that's why I do this, right? Because I want to be helpful to you. So if there's anything that is on your heart or mind that you are like, I could just really use some guidance here, please go share it with me or follow along. And when I put up a poll, you can put your voice to it. I would really love that because sometimes I have so many different thoughts of what I could share and it's really helpful to know like what it is that would be helpful to other people. So anyway, today the choice was what to do when a child is having an outburst. And so I have three tips for you. The first one, take a deep breath, is to remain calm. (laughs) So I know that some of you are probably thinking, well, that's great. I don't know how to do that, or I can't do that, or I can only do that for a little bit. And then I literally just can't continue. And I just really want to encourage you because I think that this is the key. Your child can have all the behaviors in the world, but if you can really figure out how to manage your own triggers, you are not only going to improve your child's behavior, you are also creating a foundation for their emotional well-being for the rest of their life. And so that might feel overwhelming if you're listening to it because you're like, I can't do it. But I have just really noticed as I have been extremely diligent and consistent about really trying to, like I've been working on managing my triggers for a long time. I mean, longer than I've had this podcast. But really recently, we have been home together. Um, I'm, I'm not taking care of my grandparents anymore. And we are venturing into homeschooling for now. And so I've just had all this extra time with my kids. And I know some people are like, that's too much. You know, I need a break. I have just been really honestly loving it because I am getting the extra time. We don't have the hurry to really work on building this character and teaching my kids how to interact and how to problem solve and how to resolve conflict in my personal choice, right? If this isn't your situation and your kids are at school or you're working or whatever, that's totally fine. Do this in the pockets of time that you are with them. So if that's evenings, mornings, weekends, if you have a different schedule, whatever that looks like, you can be doing this. And it is so, so, so helpful. One of the key factors in your child's ability to, um, or just like overall emotional health and wellness, especially in terms of anxiety and depression, is 
your response when you are upset or your child's upset, your reaction, your ability to help your child through their emotions and to kind of guide them into what to do. And so that's why I just think this is so important. But what I was getting at and kind of talking about um, personally what's been going on is that I've just noticed such a huge transformation in my oldest who is six and his interaction with his three-year-old brother because I think we know (laughs) three-year-olds and they tend to, you know, they're working on their own control and their own voice. And I have just seen him so many times just stay regulated. And I know that it's because of the effort that I've been putting in. And I know it's an effort. And I know it's even more of an effort when you don't feel like you can remain calm. Because, you know, even sometimes I will think like, oh, I just want to do it the easy way or just give in or not hold this boundary because then it's going to be all these feelings. You know, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. But when you can just do the hard work now, it is going to pay off tenfold, I promise you. And it's going to transform your child's ability to regulate as well. And I want to encourage you with this. I shared this in one of my posts this last week about how learning to manage your triggers, learning to have more patience and more understanding, um, having more capacity for these things is like a muscle. And something that I used to say to myself when I wasn't really there yet where I am now is I would think to myself, you know, like I'd be like ready to burst, ready to storm out, ready to be done with whatever's going on. And I would just say to myself, just one more minute, just keep your mouth shut, (laughs) stay calm for one more minute. And that minute went by and I do it again. And eventually the meltdown was over and thinking about reflecting on how I felt when I did that versus how I felt when I just lost it, it was such a game changer. Like I think one of the biggest reasons we feel so guilty as moms is because we get in this cycle of reacting in ways that we don't necessarily want to be reacting, but we don't know how to change that. And so then we keep going in this cycle of reacting, (laughs) responding in ways we don't want to, feeling guilty because we didn't want to respond that way, but then not knowing what to do. And so if you can just tell yourself just one more minute, just one more minute and really think about it like a muscle, because if you're going to the gym and you go one time, you're not going to come home with, you know, shredded abs or something like it takes consistent effort at the gym to build muscle. And it's the same thing with managing your big feelings because we have them we're supposed to have them but it is going to take consistency consistent effort like just pushing yourself to do things I have lots of different podcast episodes that you can search through and listen to and the thing about um, my coaching if you haven't heard or read it is specifically designed to be customized to you so usually we talk in terms of your child and their behavior But if you're like, my biggest struggle right now is being triggered, we can totally customize a program that is focused on you and managing your triggers. Um, Because I do believe that that is a a game changer. (laughs) Like That is where you're going to see the most transformation, not only in you, your confidence as a mom, your um, 
no longer feeling guilt or shame for your reactions. And in turn, your child's behavior is going to change as well too. So if that's something that you really need help with, I would highly encourage you to reach out and I'd love to chat with you about what that could look like. There's no like pressure or anything. Like if you reach out, you can, you don't have to decide right then and there. You, you just share with me your challenges, your goals, kind of what you want things to look like. And then from there, I create a program, present it to you. You have opportunity to think about it, talk with your husband, all that sort of stuff. There's never any pressure. Um, I just want to help you do what I learned how to do because I just think it is, it has just been life altering in a very good way. So anyways, step number one, when your child is having an outburst, remain calm. Step number two is to remove your child from the situation. So this might seem obvious if you're in like Target or something, but I would encourage you to do it if you're in your home or somewhere else. So a while back, I didn't used to do this. I just kind of let it happen wherever it would happen, whether it was the living room or the kitchen or wherever. Um, But I had heard on a podcast, now she parented quite different than me, which is fine. Um, She would send her kids to their room more like a timeout sort of a thing. Um, But she was talking about just how our child's attitude can have an impact on everyone else. And I really thought about that and decided that I agreed, (laughs) you know, like if you have a poor attitude, you're going to rub off on the people around you. And so I just decided from that point that we, if, if we needed to, we're just going to move to the room. And I know sometimes people think like, well, that's going to make the room feel like a negative space. And it's really not. If you are going with your child, if you are managing your triggers, if you are listening and supporting them, that is building connection. That is not creating negativity. And if you feel like it is, then we probably should talk about that because there's something that's going on there that is creating that. Um, And it doesn't have to be that way. So removing your child from the situation for several reasons. So one being respecting other people and their moods and what they're trying to do and the disruption that's occurring. But also I found because it's generally safer, you know, like when I was first working on some of these behaviors, a lot of it was aggression. And sometimes it can still get to be that place. And it doesn't mean that um, there's regression or anything. It can mean several things. It can mean there's fears that need to be resolved, but it can also just be our natural human response when we're really upset. And so going from a place of, I mean, the rest of our house is hardwood floor, so it can be really difficult to if your child is flailing kind of all around to make sure that they're not going to hurt themselves. But also if you have a child who has more aggressive behavior, allowing them to have a space that's safe or that you can keep them yourself and other people a little bit safer too, because you're creating that separation and you have boundaries in the room. You know, whereas if you're in like a living room or a kitchen area, there's a, it's a lot more difficult. Um, and in a room, then you can kind of let them, freely move about. You don't have to be trying to contain them. And so I do this, um, all the time, really, unless it's like, you know, just kind of like a, a really short, really short meltdown or like some whining or something. But if it's a full on outburst, we do go to the room. And I just also want to encourage you as you're 
transitioning your child to the room. Now, if it is occurring like it occurs here, my kids aren't like willingly walking to the room. I do need to physically move them. And I think something to really think about, especially if you struggle to manage your triggers, is to really try to be as gentle as possible when you're moving them. Because sometimes when we are really frustrated, we can be using more force. And what that's actually teaching your child is when we're upset, we use force. And so just really trying to keep that in mind and hold yourself back if you feel like you tend to do that when you are more triggered or frustrated. And then lastly, number three is to listen through to the end. So allowing your child to work through the feelings that they need to work through. Our kids aren't just going to cry to cry. You know, like I feel like we have this perception that our kid is crying just like for our attention or, um, you know, to get something and kids don't just cry. Like they don't just cry if there's not a need there. And even if they're crying because they feel like they aren't getting attention, like, don't you think that's something to work through? You know, there needs to be repair and connection there. And it's probably not only about that. There's probably other underlying root causes that are buried deep in their heart that need to surface. And so just really taking the time to listen through, your child will let you know when they are done because they will stop. All of a sudden you'll be like, okay, this is weird. They were just screaming and now they're laughing. (laughs) I've had that a few times, Um, but that is exactly how it happens. What I would really encourage you during this time is to one, don't lecture. It is our natural response to lecture our child. Like, oh, you shouldn't be doing X, Y, Z, or this is why this happened because you were doing this sort of a thing. That's not helping in any way. (laughs) It's creating more disconnection and more frustration And I feel like lecturing is similar to like when our kids are whining to us. It's annoying. It's bothersome. We just want it to stop. And that doesn't mean, however, you don't address the issue, especially if you feel like it needs to be. It means don't use that moment and stop lecturing because it's not, it's not going to make anything better, right? Like I'm sure you can think back to a time where you were trying to lecture. It made your kid flare up and then you got angrier and maybe you were yell lecturing and it just like the whole thing explodes them. So no lecturing and also minimal to no talking. Normally I say 80% listening, 20% talking, but I think so like if you're not used to doing this, you tend to talk a lot without realizing it. Like I have sat through listening sessions, um, kind of with a parent kind of teaching them how to do it. And we like, I am very clear, don't talk, really no talking. <laughs> and it's amazing how much we actually want to talk because it's just our natural response. It's to try to move them through it. So I would just really encourage no talking until you find yourself more comfortable in this situation because it's usually not something that we do. We generally try to distract or like manipulate it in some way so that our kid moves out of crying but really sitting in the crying and holding space for that feeling because this is really going to allow your child to process through anything that has been stored up if you haven't been doing this it might end up lasting a long time like there were times where I was doing listening sessions for over an hour which might sound overwhelming but if you think about all of the feelings that a child might have stored up any fears, um, any 
things that they perceived as traumatic, um, just anything that they might be clinging onto that you haven't maybe addressed or don't know about because they're, they've been shoving it down, there's more to let off then. And so just really listening until your child has shown you that they are done because they still might have more things to process, but they're ready now to move on. And you will notice significantly better behavior after you have allowed it to fully work through. Sometimes what happens is we try to cut it off or maybe you have to go somewhere. Um, This has happened to me. Like I've listened and listened. It's like, okay, it's been 30 minutes. We really have to go like get in the car. Sorry. Knowing that we're going to have to continue at some point, but you will notice the behavior just continues. The meltdowns, the crying, the easily to tears happens more. So if you can just take the time, hold the space, go through till the end, you will notice a difference from before that happened to after. So again, those three are remain calm, remove your child from the situation, and listen through to the end. So if you need any help with any of this stuff, um, again, uh, you can reach out to me through DM, through email. I did recently create a new free mini training. So if you're like, I like to do all the free stuff, like send it my way. I have the link in the show notes so you can click through that. It talks about all the connection strategies that I teach. It talks about how to manage triggers and it also talks about the sensory processing piece and why I strategically put it at the end because I think there's a very distinct order that needs to happen. Um, So you can go and download that and work through it. It is an audio training. There are slides. Um, You don't have to watch them. Just is basically what I'm saying. Um, So you can just be listening if, if that's more helpful for you. And if you are like, okay, that was really helpful or I want more or I don't want another free training because I download it and I never get to it and... It's, I, I just need somebody to tell me exactly what to do, when to do it, how to do it. Here I am, <laughs> ready to help you do that. I only do have a couple of spots open left because I stay at home with my kids. <laughs> so I only have a certain amount of time. Um, but I would really love to chat about what that might look like. Again, you can scroll down, click the link and schedule a call. And what we do in that call is talk through your challenges, your goals, and like budget. And um, this is a really important piece because my coaching is 100% customized. So I do have a couple programs, um, but based on all of the things that you say and share, there's a lot that can be adjusted. My goal is to make it specific to you and to your needs. And so just really gathering some good information about what that might look like and what can be most helpful and most serving to you. And then I take time and I create that and then I present that to you. And then you have 48 hours to decide if it feels like a good fit or not. And if it does, we start. If it doesn't, if I can help you in some way, point you somewhere else, I will definitely do that. Um, So if you are ready do something. If you are overwhelmed, if you can't manage your triggers, like take this as your sign to start doing something. Like be intentional. If you don't feel like you are ready for coaching, 
be intentional with the free resource, be intentional with downloading it and then going back and actually putting in the time to listen and then trying to implement. Because my thing is, why wait? What are you waiting for? Behaviors are going to continue no matter what. What are you waiting for? My husband and I reached out to Kaylee for her blueprint behavior session with our son just a few weeks ago. Our nine-year-old son had been exhibiting some very defiant and anxiety-based behaviors, and as parents, we just did not know what to do next. After our first hour-long Zoom call with Kaylee, my husband and I were absolutely amazed, and we walked away with more knowledge from that call than what we've ever gotten from the five years of OT that my son has been going through. Kaylee helped explain the reasons for our son's behaviors and how to better connect with him so that we can understand what emotions he might be going through or what fears he might be having and how to help strengthen our family relationships. Kaylee is so knowledgeable. Her pediatric OT background and her motherhood journey lends itself perfectly to this type of work. She's in your corner and she will be with you every step of the way. Her knowledge has helped our family so much exponentially please reach out and let her help you you'll be so glad you did this builds a foundation for you through your child's entire life and so i would just encourage you to be intentional with whatever you are choosing whether it's a free resource whether you're thinking about coaching just go for it there's there's no reason to hold back like now is the time don't worry about Like, don't let being overwhelmed keep you stuck. Because sometimes, and I felt this too, sometimes it's easier to sit in the overwhelm because you're used to it. It's familiar. It is uncomfortable, but it's also comfortable because you know it well. But I guarantee there is better things out there. And I would love to help you through that if you are ready in any way. So, anyways... I hope that was helpful. I encourage you to take these three steps and go into the weekend because if you have younger kids, there'll probably be an opportunity for you to use these three steps. And then head over to my DMs and let me know how it went. Let me know if there was one of these steps that was particularly challenging or if you need more guidance in a certain area so that I can provide help where you need it. Real quick before you go, if you felt encouraged and inspired by listening to this show, I'd love for you to leave a rating or review over at Apple Podcasts so we can spread the word to help other mamas feel less alone and find beauty in the behaviors. You can also take a screenshot of this episode, share it over on your Instagram stories and take me at Kaylee Josire and we'll all do a little happy dance together. I love nothing more than to cheer you on along this journey. This work is so hard, but don't forget God has not only called you to it, but he has equipped you for it. Now go get connected. I'll see you next week.